welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all your brothers and sisters in spirit. Wherever there may be a lack of those qualities within any one of us, let us never forget that there is an abundance of those higher virtues inherent within and ready to flow. Whenever we renew our minds from those old, negative, and unproductive ways of thinking and being to a higher consciousness of coexisting on this earth more positively, effectively, and peacefully, And by opening our hearts just a little wider, or a lot, and putting more love into the atmosphere at every opportunity given us, radiating the love and light of our mighty I Am Presence, we not only illumine the earth and raise the vibration of humanity, but we magnify God's glory in this world by embodying the divine spirit of the living God that dwells within each and every one of us. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? 1 Corinthians 2 KJV
Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 2. Augustine and Cyprian admit that Hermes and Hostanes believed in one true God, the first two maintaining, as well as the two pagans, that he is invisible and incomprehensible, except spiritually. Moreover, we invite any man of intelligence, provided he be not a religious fanatic, after reading fragments chosen at random from the works of Hermes and Augustine on the deity, to decide which of the two gives a more philosophical definition of the unseen father. We have at least one writer of fame who is of our opinion. Draper calls the Augustinian productions a rhapsodical conversation with God, an incoherent dream. Father Ventura depicts the saint as attitudinizing before an astonished world upon the most sublime heights of philosophy. But here steps in again the same unprejudiced critic, who passes the following remarks on this colossus of patristic philosophy. Was it for this preposterous scheme, he asks, this product of ignorance and audacity, that the works of the Greek philosophers were to be given up? It was none too soon that the great critics who appeared at the Reformation, by comparing the works of these writers with one another, brought them to their proper level, and taught us to look upon them all with contempt. For such men as Plotinus, Porphyry, Iamblichus, Apollonius, and even Simon Magus, to be accused of having formed a pact with the devil, whether the latter personage exists or not, is so absurd as to need but little refutation. If Simon Magus, the most problematical of all in a historical sense, ever existed otherwise than in the overheated fancy of Peter and the other apostles, he was evidently no worse than any of his adversaries. A difference in religious views, however great, is insufficient per se, to send one person to heaven and the other to hell. Such uncharitable and peremptory doctrines might have been taught in the Middle Ages, but it is too late now for even the church to put forward this traditional scarecrow. Research begins to suggest that which, if ever verified, will bring eternal disgrace on the church of the Apostle Peter, whose very imposition of herself upon that disciple, must be regarded as the most unverified and unverifiable of the assumptions of the Catholic clergy. H.P. Blavatsky The erudite author of Supernatural Religion assiduously endeavors to prove that by Simon Magus we must understand the Apostle Paul, whose epistles were secretly as well as openly calumniated by Peter, and charged with containing dysnoetic learning. The Apostle of the Gentiles was brave, outspoken, sincere, and very learned. The Apostle of Circumcision, cowardly, cautious, insincere, and very ignorant. That Paul had been, partially, at least, if not completely, initiated into the theurgic mysteries, admits of little doubt. His language, the phraseology so peculiar to the Greek philosophers, certain expressions used but by the initiates, are so many sure earmarks to that supposition. Our suspicion has been strengthened by an able article in one of the New York periodicals, entitled Paul and Plato, in which the author puts forward one remarkable and, for us, very precious observation. In his epistles to the Corinthians, he shows Paul abounding with expressions suggested by the initiations of Sabasius and Eleusis, and the lectures of the Greek philosophers. He, Paul, designates himself an idiot, a person unskillful in the word, but not in the gnosis or philosophical learning. We speak wisdom among the perfect or initiated, he writes, not the wisdom of this world, nor of the archons of this world, but divine wisdom in a mystery, secret, which none of the archons of this world knew. What else can the apostle mean by these unequivocal words, but that he himself, as belonging to the misty, initiated, spoke of things shown and explained only in the mysteries. 
the divine wisdom in a mystery which none of the archons of this world knew, has evidently some direct reference to the Basileus of the Eleusinian initiation who did know. The Basileus belonged to the staff of the great Hierophant and was an archon of Athens, and as such was one of the chief misty, belonging to the interior mysteries, to which a very select and small number obtained an entrance. The magistrates supervising the Eleusinians were called archons. Another proof that Paul belonged to the circle of the initiates lies in the following fact. The apostle had his head shorn at Centria, where Lucius, Apuleius, was initiated, because he had a vow. The Nazars, or set apart, as we see in the Jewish scriptures, had to cut their hair which they wore long, and which no razor touched at any other time, and sacrifice it in the altar of initiation. And the Nazars were a class of Chaldean theurgists. We will show further that Jesus belonged to this class. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 If you want success, if you want your victory of the ascension, if you want to do that which is constructive to help the rest of life, then the angelic host must become not only your partners, but they must become your protectors. For while you are busy creating something here, they stand the guard with the sacred fire that keeps away everything that would disturb you. And it is very practical to live with them. It's no figment of anybody's imagination. There are those of the angelic host who have never been in physical embodiment, but they are created to hold their flame of love around anything and everything that is constructive, in order to let it fulfill the great divine plan. Part of the angelic host are ascended, and part of them are not. The ones who are not have never been in physical embodiment, those who are ascended, have passed this way. There is no such thing as failure. And I again will say, as did your beloved Saint Germain and others of the ascended host, there is no such thing as a fallen angel. The angelic hosts are either ascended beings, or they are beings of the sacred fire that have never been in the physical world. So how can they fall? Don't you see how confused mankind has become, what lies have been imposed upon life because they would not use the sacred fire's purifying love to protect that which needs to be accomplished in the physical world. But you do not need to be a part of the discord of mankind's mistakes of the past, your own or anyone else's. When you say to your presence, Release me from every mistake I've ever made, and replace those mistakes by such ascended master sacred fire blessing and perfection and happiness to the rest of life, that I never think of them again. They never can be existing anywhere in the universe, and no one else can be touched by them. You can forgive your own mistakes, you must. And forgiveness means to give the love and the sacred fire's perfection into a condition to consume what is wrong and reveal the perfection of that which is right, and protect it until the great divine plan can bless all for eternity. And if that isn't the divine way to live life, then what could be? And certainly, mankind needs to learn how to live the divine way of life. Beloved Angel Deva of the Jade Temple There have been plenty of divine blessings placed in this world to help mankind gain the ascension. But since we are interested in you, and I was interested in beloved Saint Germain's mighty effort to purify the earth and bring forth this cosmic illumination and utterly Christ truth of the mighty I am presence, then I am still interested in helping you to be cut free from, and insulated from the discord that otherwise brings failure, problems, distress, and limitation. So, if you care to remember that my love and my sacred fire has unfolded his mighty work, 
I can enfold yours, too. Applause. Thank you so much. There's one more thing. It is a known fact in some channels, not all, that jade, what you call physical jade in the substance and structure of this earth, does not take on the discordant radiation of any human being or condition of discord in this world. It's eternally pure. Some substance takes on the radiation of mankind's discord and some other substance does not. Gold is eternally pure, and jade is eternally pure. Therefore, it is a protection within certain conditions that keeps the discord and destruction away from that which is being accomplished, or being built, to produce the fulfillment of the divine plan. So, there are many things that will be a blessing to you as you learn them, and then begin to use them to help the great cosmic scheme of creation build and build and build the perfection that the divine plan intends for life, that it may only create happiness. Did you know the divine plan is only to create happiness? So, when people want happiness, why don't they turn to the source of happiness? This world hasn't given it. And what the majority of people call happiness as temporary sensation, has nothing whatsoever to do with eternal happiness. Eternal happiness is not just temporary sensation. Eternal happiness is a magnificent mastery of life that is the controller of all substance, all energy, and all consciousness anywhere in infinite space, that always produces perfection, and always through that perfection, gives happiness to some other part of life. And truly, that is the divine plan, and certainly, it should be fulfilled. Beloved Angel Deva of the Jade Temple Blessed ones, I, too, have a mantle, a miracle mantle of love's happiness. And if you should by any chance care to wear it or experiment with it, I can show you some very delightful things that just as certainly as you exist will bless you for eternity, because the eternal purity of the Jade Temple, it seems to me, is needed very much in this world this hour. So blessed ones, my miracle mantle of love's mastery is, I assure you, a very powerful, wonderful blessing, and is a very practical way and means of protecting you and that which you wish to accomplish. So, I offer it to you to help the beloved Saint Germain in the gigantic task he has accepted of purifying this earth, and all upon it. Only the ascended host and cosmic beings have any comprehension of what that means. But you can help him, and when you begin to see that take place and mankind's human creation be consumed, your joy will know no bounds and will know no end. I offer you the happiness of eternity, the magnificent, invincible mastery of life, and the victorious, joyous use of everything, substance, energy, consciousness, manifestation, everything in existence, to build that perfection which is eternal and forever expanding. So, I leave you to the enjoyment of understanding this law, using it, and making yourselves a channel by which its great perfection can come to the rest of life as well as to you. And your happiness in making others happy will forever be expanding and invincible. I commend you to your freedom. Thank you with all my heart. Beloved Angel Deva of the Jade Temple